You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Former NHLer, NHL on Sportsnet's Luke Gazdick will join us at the bottom of the hour. The franchise, Eric Francis, at the top of the next hour. And Brent Gunning and Sam McKee simultaneously from the golf show over on Sportsnet 590 The Fan tee up the Players' Championship I love at a good, TBC Sawgrass. Good group chat. Get all the homies together. Yeah. They also uh, do a lot of stuff covering the Maple Leafs. Mix in some NHL talk, too, because we want to ask them about the uh, Nick Ritchie experience that we saw last night again. Yeah, and how's, how's Ryan O'Reilly's finger? Like, Do you guys know? Guys, yeah, he's out the next guys, four weeks. He's dialed in. Broken. Have you all got a chance to hold his hand to see how yeah. broken it is? It's broken. <laughs> one thing I would not want to do is take an Austin Matthews one-timer off the hand. No, that would not be a pleasant experience. No! Not hard pass. at all. Would you rather take an Austin Matthews one-timer or a Ryan Hartman lumberjack slash? Um, Probably the slash. Uh, I think I'm the same. Yeah, because yeah, I think like Marshall was or uh, Anderson was feeling okay within like a minute or so. It's like that instant, maybe a throb. Mm. Um, we're taking your text messages at nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. Jacob Markstrom was better than my blank last night. Jacob Markstrom was better than my blank last night. Nine sixty nine sixty. Name and location. Your chance to win a pair of tickets to Kiss in November. Yeah, hit it. Live Nation presents KISS. End of the Road World Tour, November 12, 2023 at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Yeah. Tickets on sale Friday, March 10th at 10 a.m. Get your ass there. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. 960-960, name and location. Uh, Flames win 1-0 in a shootout last night in what was far and away Jacob Markstrom's best performance of the season. He's been spectacular ever since. Um, coming in relief of Dan Vladar in the second period of that game against the Bruins last week. Mm-hmm. He's been terrific and just back to being Jacob Markstrom. And that's something uh, we talked about ahead of these two games. Got to win probably both 13 of them to have a realistic chance at getting into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yep. So far, so good. And these next two games at home, winnable. I know the Ottawa Senators have been red hot. Sure. They laid an egg in Chicago against the Blackhawks. Took it right in the teeth. 5 nothing. The Ducks stink and are on Tank Central here. That you that should be an easy two points for the Flames on Friday night. Yeah. Especially with the way Markstrom's playing. Hey, they haven't strung together four wins all season in a row. But... Why not this weekend? Hey, no time like the present. They also hadn't had a shutout the entire season. So, you know... Looking at a glass half full here. Why not? Yeah. I thought they've played some pretty good hockey over the last handful of games. The the Boston one, obviously, they played really good, but they didn't get their result. And the next two, yeah, the, the wild one in particular, was really hard to watch. Yeah. Did you really think they played that great last night? Or did they kind of fade, especially in the third period? I thought for the energy level that they had, they played decent. I thought, you know, there were some guys that I didn't love yesterday for sure. But overall, you know, Markstrom bailed them out a handful of times. They could have been worse. It wasn't their best performance. It wasn't nearly as good as they were against Dallas or Boston. Yeah. But got the job done. Lost in all of this, too, and who cares really anyway. But Gustafson was terrific for the Minnesota he was really Wild, good. too. He was very, very good. And he made some big-time, timely saves. For Minnesota, too. That's two straight shutouts for Gustafson against yeah. the Flames. And again, I, I like the penalty kill last night, too. Richie took a couple boneheaded penalties. But to me, you, you know the Flames are playing well when they're super aggressive on the PK. It feels like it just goes hand in hand with this team. I said it yesterday, man. I don't know if there's a better forward tandem than Lindholm and Toffoli. Or Lindholm and Backlund, pardon me. Yeah. Because all year long, you can put... Either one out at the face-off circle, so you got you know you're safe. Whichever dot the opposition picks, and then from there, 
Like they're very aggressive. They have active sticks. They know when to pressure. They know when to retreat back into your position and not get baited into something by a, a an overly active power play. And they usually turn it and go. Yeah. Two on ones all the time. Like I think that one of the ways that the Flames have actually given up a, a lot of their power play goals are short goals against when they're shorthanded is from pressing shorthanded and then having a three-on-two the other way because you maybe got a little bit over-aggressive and didn't bury that chance. The penalty kill has been one of the best parts of the team for the entire season, for sure. And yesterday was another one where it bailed them out a couple of times. But your goalie has to be your best guy on your kill, and he was. (laughs) No question he was last night for the Calgary (laughs) Flames. Also tweeted it out uh, last night. Find somebody uh, to love you the way Daryl Sutter loves to put Michael Backlund out first in overtime. Like, that's his move. Yeah. It's Michael Backlund first on the three-on-three overtime. I I like it because I think he's probably your best face-off guy. And possession is just so important in overtime. Of course. He has the speed that he can keep up to anybody, Right. He is an elite checker, especially when it comes to just staying in a guy's hip pocket, which is, that's three on three. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem to matter who he plays with. He can figure it out. He's been maybe their most consistent player all season long, and I totally get Daryl Sutter going out and sending him as, as the first guy. Like We've we've given that line a lot of praise, yeah, and he's the he's the straw the that stirs the drink. Yeah, he absolutely is. And Flames win one nothing in a shootout last night. First time they've played a scoreless game heading into the shootout since, of course, March of two thousand seven in Minnesota against the Wild. Sixteen years almost to the day that the last time the Flames did that against the Minnesota Wild in an offside call that. Again, uh, we got a lot of uh, interaction with the text line about how we don't know about offside rules. Daryl and the guys on the coaching staff thought it was a goal. Like, the guys on the bench thought it was a goal, and the game was over. And they looked at it, they reviewed it, it's like, hang on, it was offside, we're still playing. Rasmus Anderson telling Brendan Parker he had half of his gear off. Yeah. He was in the locker room, half yeah. of his gear off, and they're like, Yo! You got next shift. Yeah. Again, you saw what? the you saw the shot of Daryl and the coaching staff getting together. Yeah, and looking like at it, players. shaking their head like, "Yeah, that's a goal." But then they don't leave the bench because they're like, "Well, oh, they're because reviewing they saw it. it. They're reviewing okay. it, right?" And then usually you're like, "Okay, this will be quick." And then ten seconds pass, thirty seconds pass, and ninety seconds pass, and you're like, "Hold on, do we have the wild call? Are we going that? to the wild radio call on the offside?" Uh, let me see if I can dig it up real quick. I thought you had that call last night on the Minnesota Wild radio side of things. Uh, if Patrick can dig that up, or you can, because uh, they must have been super surprised when that... <laughs> <laughs> That's a word to use. Yeah, when it's like, like what now? The same way that uh, our broadcast team was uh, yeah. very, very surprised. Yeah, I know Rick and... Uh, oh, what? No what? Yeah. I know Rick and uh, Kelly were really surprised on the TV side of things too. Oh, like oh wait, time. yeah, uh, Rick's about to you know send it over to Sportsnet Central, take the headset off for the night. Game's over. Another disappointing one goal loss for the Calgary Flames. What now? Uh, offside. We're still playing. Okay, cool. And even it looked like the Wild were going to win in the shootout until Nazem Kadri comes down, ties the game on a super clutch goal. And then the Flames ultimately win in a shootout. You got the Minnesota radio call on this? Just downloading it right now. Give me about 30 seconds. All right. Um, We're also taking your text messages, 960-960, name and location. Your chance to win a pair of tickets to KISS in November. Because Jacob Markstrom, just spectacular last night. Jacob Markstrom was better than my blank last night. Jacob Markstrom was better than my blank last night. 960-960, name and location. Here's the call of that no-goal announcement on Minnesota Radio last night. The Wild win the foot race at center. Johansson looking for Spurgeon. He's got a man. It's a two-on-one. Hartman, right circle, in, loads, fires, rebound, he scores! Jared Spurgeon thrilled the rebound home! And with a buck, 36 to go in overtime, the Wild 
review. It was determined the play was offside. Therefore, there's no goal on the play. Please set the game clock to 140. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I got to make that a drop. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Cut that. I got a text too. Oh, we turned off the game when the coaches looked at the iPad. Yeah. Oh, did you miss it then? I think a lot of people did. Like I saw that on Twitter. A lot of people were like, what do you mean they won? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like what now? I did that with, remember when I did that earlier this season with the Oilers? Yeah, you did. In the morning report? Yeah. And I literally was like, and they won the game. <laughs> yeah. It was when they played Chicago. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, and the uh, Oilers with the win. Actually, Maddie Chicago won that they game. You're like, back. what now? I was like, no, I turned that off yeah. as soon as that puck was in the net. Yeah, I'm All sure right. a lot of people are like angrily turning the game off and like, how can you waste such a Markstrom performance? Nope. Uh, gets the first shutout of the season. Uh, season high in saves. 40 saves for Jacob Markstrom. Gets the shutout. Um, now, finally. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Now, Calgary uh, off that list of teams, though, to shut out this season. Uh, thankfully, one nothing. And again, is it is it a gigantic uphill battle for this team to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs? Of course it is. Yep. Can this team potentially maybe get red hot here, led by Jacob Markstrom, and get into the playoffs? That's also possible too. Unlikely, yes. Mm-hmm. But possible, sure. Yeah. And I... again, I want to stay on the positive train this morning because last night's. Last night's win, and I tweeted it last night, it felt like a season changer to me, that win last night. It felt like you lost the game, it was heartbreaking, then all of a sudden you're back on the ice, you're even down in the shootout in a must-score situation. And your you two do guys... It, yeah, deliver. Mm -hmm. Deliver the goods. Kadri and Toffoli. And Markstrom only lets in one goal in the shootout as the Flames win one nothing. Could be a season nice changer. Yeah, could be a season changer for the Calgary Flames. You just hope that it didn't come too late. Yeah, of of course. But it's, and this is something we talked about yesterday, staying on the positive train, being positive Pete on a Wednesday morning. If the Flames do get that red hot heading into the playoffs, look out. Ride that mo into a series against whoever. Whomever. Here's, here's, Doesn't matter. The Golden Knights, the Stars, okay, maybe not the Avalanche, but still. Yeah. <laughs> like outside of that, like sign me up. If Jacob Marsham's going to look like that, Calgary's dangerous down the stretch here. If he can continue this play, obviously. Listen, you're chasing the Jets, who are 2-6-2 and two in their last 10 games. They have been stumbling. If you can find a way to right the ship and, and try and catch that group in the next week or so here, like by the end of the weekend perhaps, and I know the Jets will have a game against the Wild today that I think a lot of people will have their eyes on for sure. But listen, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's... Basically where we have to leave it. Like, I know entering yesterday, that, and I know you don't love a lot of the analytic models and, and all that type of stuff, but one of the more popular ones would be Money Puck, and they had the Flames at 35% chance to make the playoffs entering the game. They've jumped up to 47. Okay. It's not... It's not zero. It's not, not one. zero. It's a 12% jump, which is significant. You usually don't see that from just a single game, but at the same time, you know... Like you said, staying positive. Uh, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Jacob Markstrom was better than my blank last night. Jacob Markstrom was better than my blank last night. Nine sixty nine sixty. Did we call back one to check? No, no. You said about it, his his ability to check. Oh, <laughs> sorry. How, what, what, like what someone texted in and said back one is a check. Of course. I've been had. Yeah, bamboozled again. Because some people hear what they want to hear. Um, nine sixty nine sixty name and location happens a lot on radio. Um, your chance to win two kiss tickets in November. Um, what do we got from our Sportsnet nine sixty the fan text reading robot Texty McTexerson this morning, Patrick? <laughs> the ones we can we got read. a few. Oh, good ones. Good. It, yeah. A lot. Like, uh, is there a lot? Did you have to use the beep? I've only lot? had to use the beep once. Okay. Yeah. Because there's a few offside ones here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I, can't, I I didn't want to do all offside. I only had like, like one offside one in here. Yeah. Where, everybody's like either can't, you know, satisfy their wives or. Dave, yep. Dave in Calgary can't read that one. Jerry and Airdrie can't read that one. Et cetera, uh, et cetera. Yep. The list goes on. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, we get it. And also about <laughs> your right it. hand. We I get it. it. We get it. Yeah. Very clever. You guys are very funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jerry from Airdrie. And it's awesome. Your name's Jerry with a G. Jerry with um, a G. Jerry, um, there's two people in this world. People who do it and people who lie about not doing it. Yeah. We all do it, Jerry. It's a part of our lives. It's actually very healthy to do. All right, what do we got on uh, 960, 960, name and location? The more you know. Ding, it's true. Ding. Well, it's true. Yeah, sure. Go ahead, Texty. Wedley in Bridalwood. Jacob Markstrom was better than those Beatles singer dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys. Yeah. Whatever their names were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter, James, uh, Randy, John, and uh, John McCarty and, and yep. Paul Lennon. You're never going to live that one down, Alex. But that's okay. You're going to redeem yourself in the general knowledge quiz when it eventually comes up between you versus GVP. Two weeks. Oh, yeah. There you go. Two weeks. I'm oh. giving you a nine. Two weeks. Okay. The, the timeline is set. I'm looking forward to it. And we're going to put GVP and Alex in this side of the studio I'm gonna where hop- they're not allowed to look up anything. I'm going to hop on the board. Yep. <laughs> Run the tens and the twos. Yeah. You're going to leave your phones. <laughs> it is just going to be you and your brain in front of a microphone. Just you and your brain Love tonight. It. Uh, what else we got? Ned in Coldale. Jacob was better than my premium plus crackers and peanut butter after the win. <laughs> okay. Hey, wow. That's, very Whoa, that's a good snack. Premium Ooh. plus crackers. I, oh, I can't do peanut the peanut butter. butter. I can't do the peanut butter. But like, that's very dry. You know what that is? He's uh, very ritzy. Yeah. Premium <laughs> crackers. It's a cracker pun for What you. did you get that from your bomb shelter? And decided to celebrate. <laughs> That's something you put in like it's in a, a fallout shelter. shelter Your fallout shelter, yeah. <laughs> You're a weirdo. You dug a big fallout shelter in case the end of the world is coming. You filled it with premium crackers and peanut butter. Yeah. This stuff will stay here for years. <laughs> Twinkies. Great. What else we got at 960, 960? Dank in Calgary. Jacob Markstrom was better last night than how I manage my money. Okay. Yeah. Same, bro. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are in that boat. Keep them rolling. Ali in Chestermere. Marky was better than getting the Sears catalog as a 13 year old and going straight to the bra section. Alex wouldn't know. <laughs> Whoa. Why this <laughs> unnecessary <laughs> shot at Alex? <laughs> Alex, you go to Sears ever? Uh, I don't even know if we had a Sears in Brandon. <laughs> oh, you would have had a Sears in Brandon, but I don't. Maybe it would have gone away. Might have closed. Might have yeah. closed. Before. Yeah, I don't think you yeah. got the Sears catalog when you were a kid. Yeah, I, I don't know. think it was still around by mm-hmm. then, was it? No. Well, Alex, I think, I think I got the like the Christmas catalog. Is that what you're talking about? Like, I would at Christmas I get a big Sears thing. No, okay. like Sears would actually do like a whole like monthly or like buy like every four months like a quarterly thing oh. of like stuff you'd go and you could order and be like i want this like all that alex have you ever seen a phone book okay yes yes <laughs> okay <laughs> but they didn't have phone books when you were a kid they got rid of them by then i we had a phone book just because we were a small town so you oh still, okay yeah but and because what was small, it a page just stand on <laughs> was stuff. it just one page <laughs> nice well, that's no it was like a full manitoba one like oh, all okay. of the numbers, MTS baby. They had to yeah. put the whole province in it. To <laughs> like make the it entire worth province it. was in there. Yep, yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, seriously. I am. I'm pretty sure. Maybe like maybe Winnipeg wasn't in it, but I feel like that would be pointless because then that's ninety percent of the province. So mm. yeah. Did you ever randomly call anybody from the paw? <laughs> the Can't paw? say I did. Flynn yeah. I do know some people up in the paw and Flynn Flon though. There you go. There you go. Flynn Flon, home of uh, Bobby Clark. Yeah, Flynn Flon bombers. Yep. There you go. Manitoba Great. talk on there's Sportsnet your, 960. A lot of good flyer guys from those days were from Manitoba. Yeah, Reggie Flint Leach. Flint. Oh, yeah. yeah. Keep them rolling. All right. Keep them rolling on the text line here. Let's go. Brad in Calgary. Last night, Mark Strom was better than my MVP caliber co-ed beer league championship winning ground ball hit into an error at shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Into an error. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I wonder if he ran it out hard too. Oh, yeah, you got like, it. Yes, air. Got it. The shortstop <laughs> air mails it over the first yeah, baseman's head. Shortstop throws it in his dugout. Yeah, <laughs> it's his Buckner um, moment. Um, one of the one of the reasons why it's very difficult to play co-ed slow pitch. Um, the team I played on this is so frustrating. Um, my buddy was the captain of the team, and uh, his wife insisted to play first base. Mm. Uh, his wife, which will be soon to be his ex-wife. Um, is like five one. That's not big. No. So the window for her to catch the ball significantly is pretty tiny. much one foot by one foot. Yeah. 
Like that's essentially if you don't throw it in that sweet spot, mm. she might still even drop it. Mm. But she definitely wanted to be the first baseman. Good for her for being yeah. convinced in your. Uh, oh yeah, no, it was yeah. it was great um, that you play the infield and you throw the ball to her, you make a good play, and then she just drops it, or she refuses to get off the bag to make a catch. Mm. Instead of the ball going, <laughs> yeah. hitting the fence. No, you know, she would just people keep her are trying foot to learn the, the game and that type of thing. That's yeah. kind of co-ed, but you know, I I'm understand glad she what never you mean. put herself for the for the betterment of the team. I'm sure that never happens. I I nine sixty get really worked up over co-ed slow pitch. Uh, nine <laughs> nah, name and look. It's just so frustrating at the time. I one of the reasons just go why out there I, and swing the bat, man. Try and have fun. Drink a couple pints. Who cares if you win or lose? I've ever told you about my favorite, uh, my favorite quote. What's that? Vince Lombardi. Uh huh. Said this. Uh huh. You show me a good loser. Uh huh. I'll show you a loser. <laughs> it's beer league. Doesn't dude. matter. <laughs> okay. Again, Sick. I. Sick. And you know what it is too. Like I'm such a weirdo. I hate to lose more than I like to win. I know you do. And that's the weird part. I know you do. I don't care what it is. And like when Carrie's her name. So when Carrie would drop the ball at first base, you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That play you just dropped. I'm going to let the listeners in on a little something. And I've been thinking about this. Okay. So you really wanted to play Mario Kart. Yeah. We brought it up a a few months, uh, about a month ago. It got brought up. N64 Mario Mario Kart. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, okay, we'll, we'll get around to it. And then you went home, and ever since then, you have been harping us to play. How much Mario Kart did none. you play when you went home? I haven't played none. I don't believe you. None. I don't believe you. It's been a while since I played Mario Kart. Because I, I know how competitive you are. So and my feel is that you went home, no. you practiced, and then you came home, and now you want to try and beat us. I would not lie to you about that. I just know that Alex is the gamer in all of this because mm-hmm. he, he loves esports, which he pretends like is a real sport. Okay. <laughs> How is esports a sport? A guy who's like 400 pounds can sit there and wash himself with a rag on a stick and be an esports quote unquote athlete. You obviously have not. None of them are 400 pounds. Okay. Let me just I'm, let me just say They're, I'm going to show you how esports are sports when we play. What, what do you Mario have to Kart? be on a treadmill <laughs> while you play? No, you're just going to be on an elliptical. I'm going to put. I think you he's going to kick your ass. Dirt, <laughs> and then you're going to realize it's a skill difference, and that's what sports are. Being better than somebody at something. I'm feeling okay. confident. Video now. games is not a sport. <laughs> what about poker? Poker is not a sport. Poker. How is poker a sport? I don't know. I was just asking you because some sports. Like, I don't think it's a sport. I was just you, asking. It's, a, it's a pastime. I would also yeah. argue that esports is way harder than poker. I would argue it's not. Because you need to be mentally sharp at a poker table. Oh, you don't have time. to be in esports. In professional esports, you can't compare the mental acuity between poker and I will. esports. I will. You, can, it's not even in the same stratosphere. The amount of math and strategy involved in playing poker, what especially of, high stakes poker, compared you know how much to a strategy video game, goes into an Overwatch game or something like that. I have seen Alex cheer on a game where they play car soccer, and you're telling me that takes Rocket more skill? League. I never said that it was Rocket League that takes more skill than poker. I'm oh, saying there are certain games. No, it probably does. No, it doesn't. You try, George. Try car soccer and let me know. Like. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay, sit down at a poker table and try to win money off Daniel Negreanu. Okay. But exact, if you tried to play against any of the professionals in esports, right. you would get waxed I'm, to the exact same extent. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I'm just saying it takes a lot more brain power to play no. competitive no. high-stakes poker than no. it does video games. I we Yes, can, it I does. We can dedicate a whole segment to this. No, we can't. No. I just... <laughs> I want you to try car soccer against oh me, God. who's not a pro. Like, I am bad at it, and I would be miles ahead. We're talking ahead. about car soccer. Anyway, I'm, I'm turning my mic off now. Okay, okay. <laughs> car soccer. Hey, you got to play me in car soccer. Like, what are we talking about? We're talking about poker, too. Right. The only difference there. But like, I'm just saying. It's a card game. Right. But it also takes a lot more mental acuity. No, That's it what does I'm not take a lot more. You're uh, uneducated on the esports fact of it, and you're making a blatant point about something that I don't think is true. Okay. I like poker. Okay. I love playing poker. All right. But I think that you're slighting esports a little bit. Okay. 
Uh, it's not a sport. Uh, keep those texts rolling in 960-960, name and location. Jacob Markstrom was better than my blank last night. Jacob Markstrom was better than my blank last night. 960-960, name and location. Your chance to win KISS tickets for November. Straight ahead. We'll ask Luke, we'll ask Luke Gazdick if uh, eSports is a sport because he was a professional athlete. <laughs> we'll do that next. And we also got to ask him, um, why haven't Ryan Reeves and Milan Luchas dropped the gloves yet? Definitely want to ask him about that because like, it's the did, heavyweight battle all of us want to see, and we missed out on another opportunity. Did Ryan Leslie tell him in the locker room that yeah. we had asked? We like, were supposed to. He was supposed to, so yeah. you would hope so. Oh, we'll talk to Luke Gastic. We'll talk to the franchise. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show, Ruskin Rose Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, the franchise, Eric Francis at the top of the next hour. Brent Gunning, Sam McKee from the Golf Show on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. will tee up the Players' Championship, the unofficial Fifth major. Man, people are getting fired up over our conversation. I did not say poker is a sport. No, that was not. I never said poker is no. a sport. I, and I, as I went upstairs to fill up my coffee, I was like, there's so many things that we just said that I know are going to get twisted into yeah. something that they're not. Yeah. Again, yeah. Um, and I and I like uh, I like the old... Um, there's some really good texts that have come in, too. Yeah, it's like, George, let it go. Um, George, you're wrong. Even dogs can play poker. That's pretty good. That's funny. I, I like that you're arguing with a boomer. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I fought in World War II, yes. sir, madam. <laughs> you're that old. Jacob Mar- Marshall. And you was... know what it is, too? Like, like the dumbest thing is, like, the boomer, when people even call older people boomer. Yep. Like, there is way too much uh, ageism in our society. There's a lot of ism in our society. Yes, there is. But older people generally have seen a lot more and have a lot more experience with life. Mm-hmm. So generally, we should listen to the older people True. in our lives who generally. have the life experience. Generally. Correct. But they're also, it's also okay to question them. It absolutely yeah. is okay to question. Uh, but also, uh, the yeah, the boomer thing is like, like it pretends like it's some sort of mic drop thing. Uh, I... I um I do enjoy it because it makes boomers very angry. Yeah, but like the boomers are that... people like there's not like boomers are starting to yeah the, 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 it's starting to thin out uh, real boomers because of uh, the amount of years ago that was time time is uh, undefeated. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Um, all right, uh, Luke Gazdick. Um, unfortunately, I had to listen to all of that uh, from the <laughs> NHL on Sportsnet. Uh, former NHLer joins us, Luke. How are you? I thought it was never going to end. Yeah, my apologies. Apologies. Uh, our tech- I'm good. I'm, I, it's all right, boys. I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we're good. Uh, and you're on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, Luke, our uh, technical director, Alex, is saying, uh, trying to tell me that esports is a sport. Agree or disagree? Oh, man. Uh, and you were a former professional athlete. No, uh, no, it's, a, it's video games. It's not a sport. Okay. Okay. I don't know, man. No, I, I don't know. Because I love, I love gaming, too. What if you play Call of Duty or something? What do you play, Alex, for Luke Asdick? Rocket League. Rocket League. Oh, damn. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So I can't even comment on that. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, how many guys on the road? Because uh, we heard of the legendary Patrick Laine stories. Like, well, the Canucks weren't allowed to bring video games on the road yeah. while Bo Horvat, uh, Bo Horvat was their captain either. And, and I like that in the NHL, they like buy a TV for like $300 and they just leave it in the hotel room because <laughs> they can't take it with them, which is awesome. How many guys were playing games on the road when you played in the show? Uh, not a lot. It, was, it honestly wasn't that prevalent uh, or hadn't become that prevalent. I think... Guys would play at home for sure, like on off days or like after practice. Guys would play, whether it was like NHL or Call of Duty. Guys would play, but I don't think we had any guys that like brought systems or went that far, like on the road of bringing bringing things on the road. Um, Patrick Line uh, would be online. People wouldn't figure out what his username was, and he'd be playing all night. Like Luke, could you imagine playing video games all night and then playing an NHL game the next night? Man, I honestly don't know how they do it anymore. So I was in San Diego, and that's when I realized 
how like crazy it was getting towards the end. Guys were playing Fortnite, and I don't know if you guys know uh, whatever Fortnite is, but yeah, guys would pull like all nighters, and they no, they were the best players on the ice. They, these guys <laughs> are freaks, man. <laughs> You had to get your eight to ten hours. You had to eat right. You had to make sure everything was was all on the up and up. Right? Here's my thing that oh, I yeah. might wonder: is I'm does... at home. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm at home counting calories, and they're freaking staying up eating Cheetos, playing <laughs> Fortnite all night. They go and have one and two the next night. I, I wonder if it becomes part of the routine where you almost need it, or else you kind of feel off. Man, that's what I did. Like, I, I think I was kind of being that hard old vet at first, being like, you guys need to stop doing this and this and that. And then I just kind of realized towards the end, I'm like, hey, man, like, these kids are happy and they're playing really well. Like, just leave them alone. Like, if they want to go home on a Saturday night after a game and play vids instead of, like, you know, doing stuff, like, out, out and about, mm. like, go for it. You know, I, I just kind of, it wasn't like I gave up, but I was like, hey, it's kind of a different generation, you know. Yeah, man, things have changed in the NHL. You hear the older school guys talking about some rough nights on the road, and uh, those uh, the next day morning skates were tough to get up for. And now we're talking about all nighters on video games. They're like playing uh, on, yeah, playing uh, with guys from other teams and stuff like yeah, that. Was, like that would never oh, happen yeah. in no. season in the old days. How stuff has changed. Um, Luke got a text. Want to ask you about it? Can we please see? And it's not going to happen now again this season. No, they play the Wild one more time, or no, they don't. No, that's, no, that's it. That's unless it. they meet in the playoffs. Um, Ryan Reeves, Milan Lucic, uh, the fight everybody wanted to see, the heavyweight matchup in the NHL. Like, why why haven't we seen those guys potentially drop the gloves? Is there just too much damn mutual respect between those two guys? Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about that. I mean, I, it's pretty late in the season. I think that's first off. Mm. Uh, I think guys are more cognizant of getting injured this close coming up to the playoffs. I mean, you break a hand, tear something. But at the end of the day, man, like, maybe they just don't want to, you know? Like, it, like we're at kind of a day and age. It's a close game. Maybe they just wanted to play last night. And, um, heck, I wanted to see it too. I probably would have just gone anyway. But, um, yeah, maybe it's just they just wanted to play hockey. Two big boys. Um, dang, that would have been a good one, though. I'm yeah. Sure would have been. Uh, I did want to ask, have you ever seen a, a teammate maybe go through something off the ice that is positive for them that maybe the public sphere doesn't know a whole lot about and it completely changes their game just because things have changed for them away from the rink? You got somebody in mind or what? Jacob Markstrom had his child just before that Boston Bruins game and he's been lights out ever since. Yeah, honestly, yes, I have. Uh, and especially when it comes to family. I've seen guys absolutely dialed in. Like, off the top of my mind, uh, not, nothing that, that strikes me, sure. but I've seen guys, you know, I mean, when you have a, another person to play for in your life, um, you're, you're going to be more dialed in. But, yeah, it affect, everything affects you away from the rink, right? It's hard to, it's hard to block those two things out. They, they kind of become mutually exclusive um, in your life. And good for him, man. What a, what a, what a freaking game last night um, out of him. I've been waiting for – not me, but everyone's kind of been waiting for something like that for a long time. All you need to do is just have a kid. And like yesterday, what is your emotion when that goal goes in in overtime as far as Jacob Markstrom and the work he had put in? Yeah, and even like I think the Calgary Flames Twitter was like goal, game over. Like it was just after that whole game, it was just like, and it was just such a, I don't know, I like Jared Spurgeon. It was kind of a cool way he scored off the rebound, went flying, and then yeah, that's the way hockey is these days. Everything's getting challenged, and I don't even know what a goal is anymore, to be honest. So, um, heck, kept them alive and leave it to uh, leave it to the vets and Tyler Toffoli and, and Naz to to get the job done. Yeah, you you thought that one was a good goal as well in the offside review. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think it is, but I don't know that this whole uh, the review process and. You know, the actual rule, I think they have to have a long, hard chat about everything. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I think it was the right call. So it's just how we're getting there is a little, you know, kind of just ruins the flow of everything. But good goal for sure. It was a 0-0 game, but there was an instance in the first period that wasn't really, you know, a high-scoring event or anything like that. But it was late in the first. Uh, I believe Noah Hannafin's stick breaks. Dylan Dubé gives him his stick. Lucic gives his stick to Dubé, goes to the bench, gets a new one. They break out Lucic a part of it. Everything looks great. 
I wonder, like, what is what what was maybe coached to you as far as what to do when a defenseman breaks his stick in the defensive zone? Because I feel like there's all sorts of different ideas as to how you should go about it when you're in a situation like that. Yeah, and credit to uh, to Noah Hannafin. Uh, checked a game game notes this morning. Guy had five hits last night. Good on him. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're always you're always told to give your stick to the defenseman. Like, no matter what, if you're a lefty-righty, it doesn't matter as long as the um, D-man has a stick in his hands. And vice versa with the goalie. If the goalie doesn't have a stick, defense is supposed to give him. And it's usually the closest forward to the bench that gives your stick to the D, if possible. Mm. So that way you can kind of, you know, if there's a bobbled puck or there's kind of, uh, or it gets pinned against the wall, you're the closest guy to the bench to go grab something. That's usually how it works. But the lefty-righty thing doesn't matter. Boys, try being in front of 20,000 without a stick in your hand. It's the most the scariest <laughs> thing ever. Like, <laughs> pucks. You're just praying the puck doesn't come in your direction. Uh, have you ever have you ever done the old uh, swing and miss while you're trying to kick the puck in that situation? Banana peeled? No, honestly, I don't I don't even know. It's probably come that close. I don't even remember. But if it was in the National League, I, I would be, like, flipping out. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Gastic, uh, former NHLer, analyst for Sportsnet, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russing and Rose, 960, uh, the fan. Uh, when it comes to that game last night, uh, Nick Ritchie took a couple undisciplined penalties. How how tough is it for a new guy wanting to make an impact on his new team to maybe, yeah, he, he has to play with an edge, and that's what makes him who he is, and that's why he's still in the league right now after being such a high draft pick. But how tough is it to manage that, um, Luke, when when you're on a new team, and yeah, you want to make a difference, but also you, you, you got to not maybe get over that line because it, it could have cost the Flames last night a couple times. Yeah, Richie Boy did the same thing in Dallas, had a great game, scored, and then he takes that bad one in the third. Um, just mental, man. Uh, I know the guy. I know he has good intentions, but it, you just kind of kind of dial it in, especially like third period, especially obstruction penalties, stuff like that. You kind of just like you just got to be better, and that's a conversation that I don't know if Sutz will have with him or, you know, Kirk or maybe even – Maybe even like a Kale McLean, someone on the bench will probably just be like, hey, you know, we kind of got to dial it in here. But um, he's got to get rid of that habit down the stretch if, if they're going to have any chance. You just can't be taking bad penalties at, you know, at, at all in the game these days. Power plays are too good, man. Like, you just can't be, you can't be giving other, uh, other teams opportunities like that. What, what did you think of that Ryan Hartman slash on Rasmus Anderson last <laughs> night? That was vicious. Yeah, I was thinking like that was that was like an old school like you get away with that no cameras that was like a ninety slash. Um, I thought Raz probably like broke his wrist for sure. I um, yeah, that was that, that was a brutal one. He then he got yeah he got called for it, but yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. Um, have you ever been a part of or have you ever slashed anybody remotely close to that? No, like me, oh, I don't know. Back of the legs, maybe. There's like, I've taken a, I've taken a couple liberties in my career. Yep. But nothing like that was calculated. Like he's going over the wrist. Not a lot of guys wear wrist protection. A lot of guys pull their elbows up. Um, he's that's calculated. I never like. You know, I was never looking to hurt a guy. Like that's that's looking to hurt a guy. I just wanted to let him know. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where was the sweet spot where you like to slash a guy to let him know you're there? Where was the sweet spot? Was oh, it the heel back. right on top of the laces? No, back of the knee, buddy. Right yeah. in front of the net. Yeah. <laughs> Give him the old one-two in front of the net, and then ask him if he still wants to go. <laughs> then it's go time. Love it. Uh, as we continue to watch this Flames team, they're they're headed for the postseason. One of the things that has been really key of this little bit of a run has been that penalty kill for the Flames. How much confidence can that give a team as a whole when you're not only killing penalties, but you're usually creating a chance or two as well? Yeah, and I know Ryan Huska, Kale McLean, I played for in Stockton. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Kale has a lot to do with this penalty kill because uh, he had me dialed in in Stockton on that on that PK. It's super structured. Um, specific guys will play. You kind of have to earn that. And, yeah, they're doing a great job. It can just be such a momentum builder. Like, you see guys go out there and just, like, letting it all on the line for your team, blocking shots, 
getting pucks all the way down and then even create like back. He loves to create offense. Like it's just such a momentum boost when you, when you know, like a guy like rich takes a penalty and it's like, don't worry about it, boys. Like, xyz play like we got it you know like it's it's a nice thing to have in your repertoire you had mentioned kale mclean can you just tell us a little bit more about your experience with him and and what he might be bringing to this flames team because he's kind of like the the third coach for the team i would say he comes down to the bench for the third period usually watches the first 40 from the press box or, or a box somewhere uh and then he goes down joins the group and and he kind of seems to be like a, a little bit of a protege to Daryl Sutter at this point. So what are you seeing, or what do you think Kale McLean is bringing to this group? Kale's awesome. So I, I can only speak uh, in being on Stockton for a year, but yeah, I was on the penalty kill. I worked a lot with him. He he loves breaking down film and, and working with guys um, individually on, you know, habits and, and just getting better. He's a student of the game, even though he's a coach, he's a teacher, uh, he's a friend. He he honestly was awesome. He made that year for me just that much better. Um, I, I don't know if I would have, you know, been the same person in Stockton if if Kale wasn't there. Um, it's, it's extremely smart and methodical in everything that he does, and I have no doubt that um, he'll be behind an NHL bench, uh, you know, in in the future if he wants to in his in his career. I hope so. He, he deserves it. Um, but yeah, just, he, he comes across, you know, his criticism of you and, and the video that he shows you, it's not, it's very constructive, you know, it's, it's a two-way conversation and, and, uh, I have a lot of time for, for Kale McClain. Uh, Luke, wanted to ask you, um, how do the guys on the bench handle a shootout? Like, cause the coach knows is going to go and you generally know you're going to have your stars as the top three shooters. How did you deal with the shootout? Did, were you like, please put me in. I got this sweet move that I know I can bust out here. Like, how did you deal with the shootout, and how do guys on the bench deal with the shootout? No, I got the the spot all the way closest to in between the benches always, so I would like like get there right away. Yeah. So I had the best view of like the shooter coming down, mm-hmm. and then I would just and to, you could chirp the other team at the same time. So it was like <laughs> that was my spot right at the end of the bench. But I'd always turn. I was always like curious of who like how that process works. So I'd like watch the coaches and be like, they would be like, Oh, why don't we put, you know, Kadri Kadri three or this and that. Um, but I just leave it to the big boys. It, it was so much fun for me at that point, just cause you can imagine a 24 year old kid, right? I, I knew I wasn't going to shoot, but I get to watch six of the best players in hockey or three of the best players on each team. Um, you know, whether we were playing, you know, Tampa or whoever it was, you get to see six of the best players in hockey you know, battle in a shootout. For me, it was the coolest thing ever. Um, do you have any radio-friendly chirps you can share with us that you would yell out? Um, no, I would just get in guys' head. Like, maybe say, if, if they would get stopped, I'd just say, yeah, maybe save that one for next time there, Smitty, eh? Like, just like little, like little things. <laughs> But I don't, you know, even when I chirped like that, I was always kind of joking, unless I was in a bad mood. But uh, yeah, I just like to give it to guys, especially if I knew the player he was shooting. Would would guys when they score would they say something to your bench when they're skating by? You know, some guys did. So, some guys, it was kind of a look or a stare. Um, it depends if you had to pass the benches, but yeah, um, no, not really. I don't think anyone said anything. I would have gone haywire probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, hey, coach, I'm shooting next. Yeah. <laughs> Quotation marks. Uh, Luke, who was the best player you ever saw in practice? Connor McDavid. And oh. it's not even, yeah. I can I can do the answer again if you want, but without Connor. But, yeah, yeah. It's, it, was, it was silly. So we had this drill. I'll tell you a quick story. We had this drill called F the D, and it's um, – <laughs> And it's, it's men, all the deer in the circle, in the middle circle, and the, the forward stand, stand on the blue lines. And essentially, you wheel around, you go beneath the blue line, you pick up a puck at the red line, and the D starts at the blue line. So he can't go, it's probably pretty confusing over the phone, but he can't start going backwards until you pick up the puck. Mm. And this kid would pick up the puck and be like 30 feet. He, he would have already scored before the defense would even pivot it, right? <laughs> And and you know what? Like I lived with him, so we'd be going home, and I I know for a fact that he wouldn't even. He was probably going eighty eighty five in practice some days because he he legitimately like felt bad for some of our defensemen. Like we get this guy called up from Bakersfield, and he would like 
You know, he would be like doing circles around him. He'd be like, man, I didn't want, you know, I felt bad there. And I'd be like, don't feel bad. Dude. I can't keep up with you. Like, I, that's that's just absurd. Like, it, it really, like, I know that, I know Connor Bedard looks incredible and his hands are ridiculous, but Connor Bedard's still not that guy, Luke. Like, nobody yeah. has skated the way Connor McDavid has in the history of the game. Like, how mind blowing is that? And you live with the dude. I know, and, and he was 18 years old at the time, right? And that's why, like, I don't know. I say to people, like, I don't think you know how good this guy is because, like, a lot of the stuff you'll see him do in games, he'll try and practice first, right? Yeah. So he pulls off – I don't know if you saw. He was on the power play. I think they were playing Philly a couple weeks ago, and he did this move where he, like, slipped through both defenders at the blue line, like, doing a 360, and I, like – the, the announcers were like, what, like, what was that? But like, I just became, you know, normalized to that. I would see yeah. that stuff in practice every day. And yeah, I mean, those other teams were fun, man. Between like having Taylor Hall flying up and down the wing and, and, you know, Eddie Everly being there and, and then, yeah, bringing and Nuge and, and yeah, bringing Connor into the fold, man. Some of those practices in Edmonton were, were fun, were, were fun to be a part of. That was a fun year, man. Who is the best not wearing 97? Um. Okay, so so what's the question? Best player I've played with or best player I've been on the ice with? Mm, I was gonna say best player that you ever saw in a practice. That was like, I went to I went to da- camp in Dallas. Like mm-hmm. I was on the ice with Mike Medano and freaking Sergey Zubov and Yuri Latinen and mm. Marty Turco and and these guys and that was cool back in the day and. I played with Ryan O'Reilly in junior. We played on the Erie Otters together. He was easily the best junior player I've ever played with and maybe the best junior player that, you know, I got to be around. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, Edmonton, it was all those guys. It was it was Sam Gagne and Taylor Hall and, and uh, yeah, and Nuge, and then we got Connor. It was, and then Leon, and then Nursey. Like, we had all these guys come through. I've had the, the pleasure, like the absolute pleasure of being able to play with some of the game's best players, you know, and then I ended in San Diego and I played with Troy Terry and Sam Steele and Isaac Lundstrom and, uh, and, and this new crop of kids coming up and played in Stockton with, with Rasmus and, and, and Mange and all those young guys too. So I've been very fortunate to play with some really, really good players. Uh, just wanted to ask you too, before we go, um, I remember covering Connor McDavid when he played for Canada at the world juniors. And the one thing that really struck me in practice was just watching the face of the defenseman trying to like keep up with him. Like, <laughs> oh God, here he comes! I can't keep up with this guy. What what was what were the guys on the blue line saying when facing McDavid in practice? What what was their reactions? Just let him go. Just let him do his thing. Put the stick out. <laughs> get, the, get the blind get the blind walking stick out and just steer him to the outside. That's all you can do. I think literally that's what that's what the plan was with him. Was just you can't let him have the middle. You got to try to force him to the outside. But I mean, then he'll just cut back on you. It was a nightmare for defensemen on our team. I can tell you that much. Did you did you ever watch him skate and you're like, how? Like, how does he do this? Like you're no, you're didn't. in the show. Like you're <laughs> you're like you know the top one percent on the planet, Luke. Like you were one of those guys, and then that guy is just. He's a freak. That's what he is. He's, He's a freak. The point oh 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 one percent. Yeah. Like when you watched him yeah. skate, did that ever cross your mind? Like, how does he do this? How, like how? I was trying to figure it out early because the the power that he generates is mostly through his crossovers. So when he gets that four or five, anywhere from like three to five crossovers going, that's where he picks up all his all his momentum. So I'd like try it after practice, like do his little hop step, and he just <laughs> wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> or don't work, but it's it's unbelievable how you can put like the same two players and do the same route, and he'll be like, you know, let's say go down, curl around these two pylons, and then ex- accelerate out, get a pass, go shoot, and you could have two players, him like him and me, doing the exact same thing, and he's forty feet ahead after his crossover. <laughs> it's just like the power that he generates off of that stuff is insane. Like, I say this to people and they laugh, and I'm like, I don't really think you know, understand how good he is. And they're like, oh, no, we know. He has 150 points or whatever. You're like, no. Like, until you play with him on a daily basis and you get to see, like, behind the scenes, like, he's the best player ever. Like, I, I'm so, like, Gretz probably is, right? All the records, but 
Yeah. He will come, I think he will go down as the best player to ever play hockey. Uh, it, it, it's absolutely crazy. Luke Gazdick, uh, former NHLer, NHL Sportsnet analyst. Luke, it's always fun when you have you on. Let's let's do it again soon, okay? Anytime, fellas. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. There he is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. Down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Always fun. Didn't ask him about a fight. I had one in the back of my mind, but then we got into practice stuff and I got distracted. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, and, and again, it's the Lucic and, and Reeves thing. Uh-huh. They probably just don't want to even fight each other because they know how tough both of those dudes are. Like, I'll pass on getting punched in the face by Ryan Reeves and Milan Lucic, vice versa. Here's my other thing. Uh, that's a heavyweight fight. Oh, we yeah. all want it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if that happens, how much momentum is the winner of that fight going to get for his team? And is the one guy saying... Listen, I know I can take anybody in the league, but there is a chance that against this guy in particular, yep. I could get caught on the button. And in a tight game where we need as many points as we can get, maybe I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, I do wonder if we had seen a blowout in one of these games, like someone had gotten up by four or five, if maybe we go down that route. Because there like, were even some instances where, like, guys got hit by Reeves, and you're like, ah, it wasn't dirty, but, like, right. Lucic but, okay. is out there. So the game was so tight last night. The way Hartman was taking some liberties with the Flames, if, he did if it they were down too, by yeah. two or three goals, you would expect him to have to answer to Lucic. But you can't take a dumb penalty, unless you're Nick Ritchie. You can't take a dumb <laughs> penalty in the game. But That was like, the one thing I was like, if Nick Ritchie goes after this guy, that would that would be a win Yeah, for his, for his night. And again, but, we're not going to see it again this season, but... When you're talking about two of the heavyweights, like it's it's one and one A when you're talking about the National Hockey League. It's those two guys. Yeah, like Delorier is a fearsome dude, but he's not as big as either of them. Yeah. You know, you've got Curtis McDermott in Colorado. And he also took one dude. on the button right from Lucic. Ooh, yeah, Lucic put him yeah. to sleep last time. Yep. So... And Lucic got a shiner still from that fight. Oh, yeah. But that was the point. Like the thing about Lucic is. Like, even if you catch him, you have to catch him four and, times to win. And he doesn't wear a visor. No. Like, you get to punch his face, and he punches your visor. And he'll eat your punches. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I think that one of the things about fighting is the guy's got to go down, right? Yeah. How long can you stand in and take? And when you watch Luke Gazdick fights, like, that's the thing that stands out. You're like, oh, my goodness. This guy takes an absolute wallop and stands in there and takes it. Yeah. So even if the other team wins the fight, you're still building energy for your teammates because they're like, look at this guy battle. Look mm-hmm. at what he's doing. He's probably way out of his weight class, although Luke was 6'4", 220. He wasn't out of his weight class with a lot of guys. Yeah. But nevertheless, like the way that he would just hang around and then wait for a chance, that's how Luke did it. Um, lots to come here. We're, we're super late already. Too much Oops. fun with Luke Asdick. Um, The franchise, Eric Francis, straight ahead. Get his take on the Flames. one nothing shootout win last night. We'll see what's irking Eric. And then we'll talk some golf. Brent Cunning and Sam McKee going to join us from the golf show on Sportsnet 590. The fan in Toronto still giving away tickets. We'll do that to wrap up the show. Jacob Markstrom was better than my blank last night. Jacob Markstrom was better than my blank last night. 960-960, your chance to win. Kiss. Tickets. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan.